0: Hey listeners, before you get into our review for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, we want to take a quick second to let you know about an awesome giveaway that we're having right here at Matt Goes to the Movies. And that giveaway is for Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, which you can bring home now on 4K Ultra HD, starring Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez in a hilarious and action-packed adventure where a band of unlikely heroes must undertake an epic heist to retrieve a lost relic. You can buy Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves on 4K Ultra HD and get over an hour of bonus content rated PG-13 from Paramount Pictures. Now, here's the cool thing. Don't just, you know buy this just because number one you don't have to buy it because we're doing a giveaway number two though we've done a review here at matt goes to the movies on dungeons and dragons and it is a sleeper hit of 2023 for me i absolutely love this movie i think it's really well done and i I cannot recommend this movie enough if you don't have paramount plus It's streaming on there. But again, you don't have to have Paramount+. Plus. You don't have to go out and spend money on this. You can win a free copy right here at Matt Goes to the Movies. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to click the show notes on this episode, and you're going to follow our social media pages. And if you follow those instructions, you will be entered to win one of five free physical copies of Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. So I want to thank Matt360 for sponsoring this portion of the show and giving us this awesome giveaway. And thank you to the listeners. Now enjoy the review. What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to Matt Ghost Movies. We are rolling along here with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which was released three years after Raiders of the Lost Ark in 1984 and was set as a prequel to the events of that. It was before uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and a movie that did well at the box office when it first released, but wasn't as uh, critically enjoyed um, as Raiders of the Lost Ark when it first comes out, but I think has grown over time uh, with some more favorable reviews. Now, does that hold true for myself, Robin Harrison? Is it, you know, better than maybe when we first saw it? Do we have stronger opinions? Because there were some pretty, you know, negative reviews for this when it first came out. But again, it it has been able to, over time, get some better reviews and people appreciate this movie for what it is. But, you know, Harrison, again, I'm, I'm going to start with you first. I'll, I'll pose this first question to you. Um, you know, with this one, how, how many times have you seen this? And again, this was something that because of like, the family and everything like that. That's how you got into these movies, even though they were, you know, well before your time. And I mean, even for this one, I was a year old when it came out. So it was it was before I was making my own decisions on movies.
1: Yeah. Uh, if you want to hear that story about my family, go listen to the previous episode. But the Indiana Jones trilogy was like a big part of my growing up years and like was a big part of me making choices about what movies I want to watch. This one in particular, scared my brother and i for a long time naturally so like this one's pretty dark and so this one is probably the one outside of kingdom of the crystal skull that i've seen the least like of the trilogy it's the one i've seen the least but it's one that like when i've watched it like when we were older one time i remember we were going on like a trip somewhere and we we had a dvd player in our car and it was just me and my brother like let's watch the temple of doom like we were like finally old enough they're like yeah we're not scared anymore and i was like oh yeah like this is pretty fun. Like, I like this. So, so I, like I've seen it a decent amount. Like I'm familiar with it. I've, I've seen it. I don't know, probably close to 10 times I would imagine, but wow. less than the others.
0: Okay. Well, I geez, less than the others and 10 times. That's, that's a lot.
1: Star Wars it was like all we watched,
0: um, but you know, Rob, Uh, you know, this is a movie where uh, one of the things that I'll be interested to talk about is it It does shift tones rather quickly um starts off a little lighthearted, and then yeah this that was one of the things that this movie was um you know criticized for was it's it's much darker tone uh when it was first released
2: yeah there's a very interesting story that you can look up if you're so inclined about this movie and both spielberg and lucas were in very bad, dark places in their lives during the making and the production of this film. Both of them had had gotten out of, of relationships and, and it just, both of them ne- ended in very negative ways for for the two men. And um, I haven't really looked you know, too deeply into it as far as like, well, who is at fault or whatever because I just don't care about that sort of stuff. But both guys were just in a really dark place and you can really see that in the middle part of this movie. I'd say it's probably about the middle third and I'd remembered, you know, all the Kali Ma stuff, and and you know the hand yanking the heart kind of bit out, and and some of that stuff. And I kind of had just had heard about, you know, people talked about how much darker this movie was, but it'd been a while since I'd really watched this start to finish, and I did really kind of forget exactly how dark this movie does truly get. And you know, we'll certainly talk about it, but is that effective here or not? Um, we'll get into it, I guess. Yeah,
0: um, I I think that's a really, you know, that's what's going to make or break this movie, I think, whether or not, you know, you like it or, you know, has your opinion changed on it over time? And, you know, for me, and again, we'll just get further and further into detail with it, but that's what really saves this movie for me is once it switches to that darker tone. Um, I still think there's some problems throughout and there's one really big one for me. Um, but that first half and, you know, getting into the raft scene, I mean, that's some fast and furious shit of ridiculous, um, the, the, the first part of this movie I think is actually pretty bad. I think that whole, um, uh, geez, what, what, what is that place called where they're doing the nightclub? Yeah. Yeah, I I, mean, it's a nightclub.
2: It's actually called club Obi-Wan. If you really wanted to know. Oh, very cool. That's um, funny. But uh, to
0: me, that this movie starts off actually really bad, in my opinion. Um, I, I think this is a really bad opening. Um, one, because when he's diving, you know, there's a scene where he's diving across the table to try and grab the antidote, which somehow he doesn't grab, even though no one's opposing him. Then he just sits in front of the lead boss who does nothing and then looks at him and still does nothing. There's the scene where he manages, how did he set up everything for the airport to have the plane ready to go? How did the kid know that he was going to fall out of the window to drive the car right there? Um, How did they get the pilots on board? Why didn't they just shoot them instead of dumping the fuel? Um, Then that raft scene where they fall off the waterfall and it's fall out of the air first yeah fall out of like this it's this, ridiculous yeah this opening really is bad to me and i'm like oh my god like this i don't remember this movie being terrible but this is this is bad and and once it shifts that's where this movie is is safe for me um again i'll talk about some issues that i have but rob i'll go to you first like you know do you share the same feelings like are you not as harsh on it because again like I think the opening of this movie is, is terrible.
2: You know, there's definitely some, there's some bits at the beginning of this movie. You have to decide if you're okay with this or not. If you generally, it's Matt, it's hysterical. You mentioned fast and the furious because I hadn't made that connection. And Holy crap. Is that, is that (laughs) apt? Because, it's They just completely ignore physics. I want to say, I mean, I, I was a huge fan of the TV show Mythbusters when it was on the air. I watched every single episode of that series at least once. I loved it. I wish that they could bring it back with the original magic, but they've done multiple Indiana Jones myths. And one of the ones they did was the the fall from the, the raft out of the airplane. But Matt, you mentioned a couple things that are problematic about kind of that these first several scenes that all string together. And I've got a couple that I'll I'll kind of touch on as well. First of all, uh, Indy's trying to make this deal and they try to rip him off right out of the gate. So he's got the pistol pointed at him and Indy still sticks around at that point after he gets out of that situation. Like he still sticks around and tries to make a deal that doesn't make any sense. So they poison him. And they give it, they've got the antidote that they're still trying to make a deal with him, but why even bother with the antidote if you have no intention of giving it to him? Like, why even bring it with you if you're like, no, whatever, we're just killing you, dude. Like mm-hmm. you've already made the deal. Why, why even bother having, giving him a, a lifeline to get out? It's, it's that classic bad, bad guy stuff. Like the, the, like Dr. Evil kind of serves as a, as a way to make fun of, Um, you know, when, when those films come out later on. I will say this though, the balloon drop. So there's the scene of the nightclub where all these balloons drop and Indy kind of uses it for cover. Like that's a, that's kind of clever. I'm into that. The rolling gong that he uses to protect himself from the gunshots. That's really clever and fun. I, I personally dig some of the ridiculousness of the opening, but Then we kind of get into where Indy sort of sadly falls into that same tier for irresponsibleness with children as Batman, where it's just like, (laughs) hey, that kid's eight years old. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make him my sidekick. He's going to get shot at and put into all kinds of peril. And we're going to fight bad guys together and go all over the globe because because I'm a good foster dad. That's what I'm going to do. Um And I'm just going to have them drive a car, too, while we're getting shot at. Like, that's that's pretty terrible. And then having your pilots jump out of a perfectly good airplane over the middle of nowhere in the snow, by the way, where there's no guarantee they'll even make it out to safety on their own. And dumping the fuel as opposed to Matt, like you said, just popping them in the head and landing the plane wherever the hell you want. Like and and I say all of that stuff and yet. I I'm not sure that I care about these problems with this this opening because I just I love Indy. I love this franchise and these kind of things just allow for the fun adventures that make Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones. Yeah, Harrison, where do you where do you stand on that?
1: You know, I this is something that I like as I was watching it. And I finally put together like all the pieces when I was younger. I was like, the whole opening of this movie is just so we can get to the temple of doom. Like it's like they understood Indy wouldn't go after the temple of the doom the way he would be like excited to go after the Ark. you know, like, like he's not going to go there on his own. We got to get him there somewhere. And so the whole beginning is just to get him there. And so I think Rob said it really well that like, you just kind of have to admit this is ridiculous because we're gonna we gotta get somewhere so i'm just gonna like get through this so we can get where we're going because that while well, there's parts of it you know like the gong as the shield like rob mentioned the whole thing is just absolutely ridiculous like why is whatever her name is willie even coming with him like if she was his hostage and now partner and yeah yeah it's just like like the beginning of the movie makes no sense storytelling wise it's just it's total chaos um but once they land, it's like, okay, now the actual story is starting. And, it, and it, like, it totally changes. Like, even the way that it looks totally changes. So, I, I mean, I'm really curious why they chose to start the movie that way. I don't know, but they did. And so you just got to get through it until you eventually get to where we really need to where, – where it actually starts. Yeah. All right. So
0: with those kind of opening thoughts, let's – we're going to continue a trend that we, we did with Raiders of the Lost Ark. And as we go through this series – we're going to bring over the rummage for the rotten from the basement binge. Uh, and based on our opening comments, um, I'll go first. And I, I think just like the last one, I think I'm going to be the rotten on this, but I think it's going to be, I, I do think this time it's going to be extremely close. Um, I don't have as many criticisms about this movie as I did. Raiders. Um, I have one really big one that I'll get into.
2: Uh, Mm. Rob, I'll let you go next. I I do think the scores will be fairly close. Um, I think I'm going to be more forgiving just from a nostalgia standpoint. Uh, uh, I think it's probably going to be Matt. I think I think I'm going to like it most. And then Harrison and then Matt. Where do you stand, Harrison?
1: If if I'm being honest, my decision is still being made. So I can find myself either being right in the middle, like Rob said, or Matt's going to do a good enough job, and all end up being the rotten. <laughs> it really kind of depends how this conversation goes. And I and like I don't mean that like in a cryptic way. Like I really mean like I'm I'm still trying to decide what I think about it as a whole. Like I have opinions on pieces of it, but as a whole, mm-hmm. we'll see. I, I I really don't know, which is weird. I've never been this way before.
0: Yeah. So I I want to get this part kind of out of the way, at least on my end. And there's a lot of things that I like about this movie. Once the actual, to me, the plot kicks in, like you said, Harrison, but there's one glaring issue throughout this entire movie for me. And it's Willie's character. Um, mm. I think this actress is terrible. Um, again, I, I hate to be cruel and say things because I'm sure she's worked very hard. She is a very, very big problem throughout this entire movie. Um, She has no charisma to me whatsoever. Her damsel in distress attitude. And there's just a lot of things that they do with her that are just incredibly annoying, but I am able to kind of look past because I actually think once this movie gets going, I actually think it's very strong on a lot of fronts, but she is a she sticks out like a sore thumb. There's that really weird scene in the opening where, why does he have to grope her to get the antidote? Like, she knows where it is. Like, why couldn't she just hand it to him? Like, that was really weird. Um, The whole scene where I I get it, like, it's Indiana Jones, but I'm sorry, with two Viagra and a Red Bull, nobody's getting up for her. She's annoying as hell. Like, (laughs) like, I, I just... I don't, I don't get why we have to have that scene of the two of them. There's just so much with her that is, is bad. And I think she is, again, you, you can feel the difference from Raiders to this movie and that connection and the chemistry between the two leads, because it is for me personally, Harrison, I'll let you go first on this front. It is not there. Um, Luckily, though, I think there's enough strong elements here that I am able to forgive that. But she is, I think, again, it, it, it hurts me to say it because I know she puts probably a lot of effort into it. She is horrendous in this movie.
1: There's a part of me that really wonders if she's supposed to be that way. Like, uh, because she's always annoyed me. Like, uh, a, a line that my brother and I quote half because it's just hilarious, but like to make fun of the movie when they're in the river and she's like, I hate being wet. I hate outside and I hate you. And like her voice changes like 80 octaves. It like, like there's just so much about her. That's just like, so out there, so over the top annoying, so over the top damsel in distress that I think it's like intentionally that she is just that high maintenance for lack of better words. <laughs> like I, I, there's, I'm, it is annoying, but I, I wonder if it's like intentionally annoying. It doesn't make it any better because it is annoying. A good, like, do you want your movie to be annoying? Probably not. But, but there's a part of me that f- feels like it's intentional. So I kind of forgive it. Cause it's like, like, of course we've got like when short round and India are in the thing that's going to crush them. And she's like being so hesitant to let them go. Like, her character and her character's personality is needed for that moment to have suspense. Like if she was a character from the previous film that was a little more daring, I forget her name, um, Marion, Marion, she would have just done it. yeah, And like the suspense would have been over. So so I wonder if the writing was intentional that like we we kind of need this character to be this way. Uh, but it's still annoying. Like I, that that doesn't make it enjoyable. Uh, but but it it makes it I'm tolerant of it I guess I should say.
2: It's funny you mentioned Harrison that uh, you and your brother have a line from Willie in this movie. My mom constantly will refer to a line in this movie where she goes, "Oh, I broke a nail," and that's just like a thing <laughs> like, that my mom does, and that's right out of this movie. Uh, and I just remember that about this particular movie all the time. It's interesting when you look at some of Lucas's female characters because. For every well-written, badass, all-time iconic female warrior that just holds her own, like, you know, Lay Organa, you have a Padme that starts off being written well, but then goes completely off the rails. And you have Willie here, who I think to be generous, you would say she's a bit too much at times being generous. <laughs> um, I would say she's absolutely kind of over the top with the fish out of water stuff. I think I fault the screenplay more than I necessarily do the actress here. I think that's kind of where where I will go with it. Good point. Because um, it's just how she's written. And, I, and she plays the way she's she's written and likely how she was directed. Uh, you know, to Harrison's point, she's needed in that scene to be that way. But at times it's way it's just a bit too much. And then we get that that bedroom scene where they're kind of in that will they, won't they, you know, back and forth. He's got the apple and they're, they're trying to flirt, but it's just clunky as hell. Like, it really does not read that these two characters want to make coitus with one another, like at all. At no point in the movie has that um, been like hinted at or that they were kind of like, oh, hey, maybe later on, you know, like there's no there's no winking across the table. There's no like longing like touch of the fingers or anything like there's nothing to suggest that these two characters actually want to like have sex with each other and it's just all of a sudden now we're supposed to think they both do and it's really just not that well set up uh parts of it are kind of funny that scene but then it's just like okay they they just kind of move on um And I, and I don't understand why that bedroom specifically has the secret passageway. And then Indy's bedroom is the only one they put the assassin in like so much of that, like just doesn't make a lot of sense, but it moves the story along to that next, you know, kind of neat trap and, um, and, you know, a really great indie moment, if you will, uh, with the spikes in the ceiling and him looking through that little porthole going, we are going to die. You know, it's just a great indie moment overall, um, but yeah, uh, any criticisms over the character of Willie Scott, I, I think are absolutely, um, you know, realistic to have. Yeah. And
0: I mean, that's a really good point too, with, you know, how she was directed. Probably, you know, I mean, she's reading the script. It's not like they're well memorizing it, whatever. Um, I- I'm sure there wasn't a lot of improv from her, um, and not saying that is like a bad thing, like she wasn't talented and she couldn't improv, but I'm sure it was, like you said, how she was written. Um, and, you know, you mentioned it like, I don't know, George Lucas does not have a great history of, you know, women that start off strong, ending strong. I mean, Leia, got one. <laughs> I mean, Leia kind of turns out the same way, though, by Return of the Jedi. Like, she's not really, she's not as much as a badass as she is in the first one
2: yeah some of that does kind of fall off a bit
0: like you know she's just she's so upset over over luke and she can't talk to her like she's she and again it's not as bad as padme just being happy to be pregnant and barefoot um <laughs> and dying revenge, of a broken heart yeah and revenge of the sith but you know she definitely loses some of that throughout the original trilogy um But so, Rob, I think that's you you guys made a really fair point where maybe I was a little bit too harsh in in my statement because it's how she was directed to act.
1: But, um, you know, again, if if I add, though, real quick, sorry to interrupt. No, It's weird because like you have that scene, like pretty much how the movie ends, where like Indy like whips her waist and pulls her back to her. Like that is like the most classic Indiana Jones, you know, womanizer scene, at least that the teenage me remembered and it's it's so weird and like maybe it's just the nostalgia and like like the the that it's like so iconic but it's like so I'm so willing to forgive it I'm like there there is no way that these characters are really like in this type of relationship but when he does that I'm like yeah okay I believe it like I'll take it you know give it to me and I'll slurp it up so it's it's really weird Um, she was saying the same thing (laughs) I've got to watch my language on this show, like not in like the way that you would think that phrase means like, I just got to be careful what I say. I'm lowballing these. Um, (laughs) Sorry to interrupt you, but (laughs) please, Um, I don't even remember what I was saying. It wouldn't, it wouldn't top that. So I'll just end it there.
0: No, I, I think you're right, though. I mean, it, it just still doesn't, th- there's really no chemistry between these these two characters, which yeah. is, you know, the biggest, one of the biggest issues that it has. But again, for me, being able to look past that, um, I I think if this would have been in Raiders of the Lost Ark, if this would have been the dynamic, um, I would have been a lot more harsh on that movie because I, I think there's, for me, I have more problems with that movie. Um, than this one in terms of, I think this movie's pacing actually flows a lot better. There's only one real um, awkward cut for me. And maybe I missed something. I turned my head, but when they find that, um, that statue and that totem and Willie's like, Indy, they're, they're stealing our rides. And he's like, we walk from here. I-, I must've not paid attention or that's just how it's cut. Because like the next thing I knew they were, walking up to the palace. So did I miss something?
2: No, I think that was pretty accurate. And I kind of forgot that that, that idol that you mentioned, it was covered in like body parts. Yeah. I kind of forgotten that, that aspect of it. Yeah. So,
0: okay. So I didn't miss anything, but I was like, Oh, we walked from here and I'm like two feet. Like, <laughs> like, wait, <Yeah>. what? <laughs> Cause you're in a completely different setting.
1: Like, um, all right, so I was like, e- even the way, turn even, my head the or way even the way that it goes from like we're telling whatever you want to call him, like the tribe leader, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like he's telling Indy the story to like suddenly we're on elephants and we're on our way. Like, like like to me, the movie doesn't really start until they get in the palace, and once they're in the palace, it's like okay, the movie started. Everything before that is just kind of clunky to me like from that cut to to just like the attitudes of the characters and once if i'm being honest once we get from there it's like yes this is andy indiana jones and like as dark as it is and like if i'm being honest the young child of me was like oh my gosh is this going to be scary again <laughs> because i've expressed many times that i'm a wimp so like there was some apprehension um but once it gets going it's like yeah we're going and this is indiana jones but it, it's it's we again it's weird to me like why is the beginning of the movie the way that it is i can't I can't understand why it is
0: yeah I, I think once we hit that point I think there's some some really tight pacing some very strong performances and again I I think the the darkness in this movie it really works um and you know I mean based on what I watch this isn't I think what what works because it's not like I'm I'm sensitive to it because of watching horror movies and everything since I was really young. It's how it's used. It's used effectively in this movie, Um, and I I feel like it's it's very believable. None, None of it feels like over the top as, oh, we want it to be dark and we want it to be scary or we want it to be torture porn like some of the people claim the Saw movies turned into, which I can't say that I disagree with it in the environment that this movie is setting, it all feels very real. So none of it ever to me during this watch through feels like, Oh, that's ridiculous. Or that's, you know, like, that's what I really like about this is the tone feels very deliberate and believable.
2: So I'm going to kind of go a little bit of a different way. Okay. Um, and I think part of this is just fueled by the fact that I hadn't really sat down to watch this whole trilogy in a while, but when in, in through the, the lens of nostalgia through kind of the, the different way that nostalgia plays with your memory and you, you just, you know, everything was always better in the past. Like that's thats why people say, you know, refer to the good old days because you kind of forget like, you know, when you were a kid, you had things that sucked about your life. And when you were 20, you had things that sucked about your life, just like now that you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s, however, you are, there's things that suck about your life. But for whatever reason, we tend to only remember like the best parts of, of the old days. And I think when I really think about the Indiana Jones trilogy, because we only acknowledge three films in this in this series, there there is no fourth film. But when I think about the Indiana Jones trilogy, I, what immediately hops into my mind are the big set piece moments, the fun, the adventure, the great music, the impossible kind of situations that he finds himself in. And that's really more just through the lens of nostalgia. And that's also through the lens of having seen three films and how great that third film really is. So that that third film didn't exist and wasn't even written when this was made. So they just, you know, it's not fair to kind of for me to necessarily look at how they made that decision to go real dark in the middle. But for me, I, you know, <laughs> I kind of remembered that ritual scene in general as being really dark but I, it was like wow I there's so many things I had never noticed before like the strand of dismembered arms that are around the idol in that in that Kali Ma scene and what appears to be flayed human skin in the windows like I forgot or just never noticed that that stuff was there And this shift in tone from fun adventure series with a bit of peril thrown in here and there to like child abuse and enslavement, torture, ritual, human sacrifice is a bit jarring because once they kind of get done with that. So it's really like the middle third is is that sort of thing. The opening third is is not that it's that fun adventure that, you know, don't take it too seriously. Just throw popcorn in your face and have a good time. And then like the final third kind of goes back to just throw popcorn in your face and have a good time. It's that middle third. That's just like, it's like a, it's a needle being dragged across the record with, with what they do. It is a bit jarring. I think particularly when you compare it across the rest of the series, which again is not really fair of how to judge this, this second film.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because just the only way that I can explain it was like, so i'm a christian so like growing up with biblical history like raiders of the lost ark isn't abnormal you know like the bible's weird and (laughs) and so like raiders of the lost ark fits into like my brain um and then this is just like so not that that like when i was young this was the one like i mentioned that we liked the least because it just felt so unfamiliar i would say and and maybe that's because of my own history that i just explained or just unfamiliar when what you think about indiana jones but it's really weird now as an adult coming back to it it's like while it is unfamiliar while it is you know we only have four films abnormal of the four there's something about it for me that, that i'm like kind of in the middle that it. it's like this works like I don't, I I can't really tell you why this is working. I can't really tell you why I'm in support of this, but like, do I think that maybe we could have gotten something different that would have worked? Yeah, but we didn't. And this is what we got. And like, I actually kind of enjoy it. And like, I think there's, it's weird that like I'm doing the opposite. Like, nostalgia made it worse. (laughs) And like, now as an adult, it's, and I can't really, here's actually how I'll say it there's something about seeing Indiana, like, as a hero for the sake of, like, fighting evil in, like, a very, like, dramatic sense is kind of exciting In in instead of just, like, going after the next archaeological find. uh, It's a different vibe. And it, it, it works, at least for this one. Like, if, if we got this again, I don't think I would like it. But it alone works. So,
0: do you think there's anything, and... In- Rob, you can, you know, you can answer this first, but, you know, again, we get Raiders of the Lost Ark and, you know, you're saying like, Hey, it's not fair because this was like the third one, you know, when this first came out, the third one didn't even exist yet. So, you know, I, I think you're kind of alluding to the fact that like you're looking at it through the lens of, you know, the third one as well. And what the third one was, but, you know, is there something to be said about the fact that this movie you know timeline wise does take place before the first one so this is you know this is a different indiana jones than what we saw in the first movie with you know being a little bit older some more adventures probably the time frame that this movie set in um you know is you know if you're looking at it from truly just kind of that perspective does it change anything or is it just you know for you rob i'm just asking you specifically there is a little bit of a well difficulty looking at this as it's you know as its own movie
2: i think so because when you think about a character like indiana jones and we spent a little bit of time in the first review talking about the the parallels of harrison ford's career between playing you know this mega iconic character of han solo as well as indiana jones and and some of just what that could mean. It's really hard to think objectively about something like star Wars. It's really hard to think objectively about something like Indiana Jones. I think South park did a phenomenal job of explaining how a lot of people feel about the character of Indiana Jones and what happens when we don't get what, you know, when the fans don't feel like they get what they have as headcanon, you know, for how that character should be treated. Um, certainly we've discussed on like maybe two or three occasions our our thoughts on the last Jedi and how that wasn't quite what we expected out of that character or what we wanted out of that character and there's some people on actually on this episode right now that have some thoughts on that and and minor who knew minor thoughts yeah surprise yeah you gotta you gotta get a dig like deep into the archives to hear us talk about that at all um but it's it's hard to just be totally objective with characters that represent such major, major parts of pop culture that people are just absolutely in love with and have been in love with as a character and as an icon throughout, you know, their entire life. You know, Indiana Jones and the, uh, you know, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, what did we say that's 1981 is when that came out. Yep. Uh, I wasn't even born yet. So no, yeah, Indy's Not been a character it. my <laughs> entire life he's been out there. So yeah, I, I think that's, I think there's a little bit of that. And I I think to some extent, we like Indy punching Nazis, you know, (laughs) when he's, when he's, you know, fighting people in a third world country that are starving and just want their children back. And you see little kids getting whipped and stuff like that and getting abused and likely getting killed in these mines, which by the way, why why enslaved kids they suck at stuff like they're not good at it like like can you imagine (laughs) (laughs) was what like did they have like foremen on 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 those lines that were supposed to yell at the other kids to like work harder? like they're not good at that they suck at that like those kids first of all they're all malnourished anyways like they could pick up like a rock at a time like no don't get the kids you get the adults the adults can pick up way more stuff and dig way more of a hole at the time like that like kids are the worst possible thing you could use. Like, why bother? Um, I digress. Um, so it's just like, I, I think also to me, there's something so visceral about seeing children in that way and being abused in that way that like, I kind of shut down a little bit. I'm not able to just like watch what I'm watching when I see those kinds of things. Cause I just kind of like shut down a little part of me. Cause it's just, it's so visceral to me. Um, I think the other part of it, why I, I don't like kind of parts of this middle I always, always hate mind control as a plot device. I hate it. I'm not sure I can think of a time. Maybe there is a time, but I can't think of a time in movies or or TV where mind control has been used. And I was like, oh, that was awesome. I love that. Oh, not, not Hawkeye? No, I hated that.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's something that's that's always bothered me about this movie is the weird mind control. And what I will say, while I don't know what to say about its effect in this movie, Rob probably won't like this, but it like makes me already more accepting of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Like I think, at least for me, a big reason why I didn't like that is like this is too out there. Like Indiana Jones is more real. Indiana Jones is more grounded, it's less fantastic, and it's like this is wholly fantastic. Like, this is this is fantasy at its finest. Like, like, this is supernatural. And I was like, yeah, I guess, like, Indiana Jones, even with Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Last Crusade, like, has always been supernatural. So, in that regard, it's like, it, it helps me accept beyond this film more. But in this film alone, it's something that I do always think is weird. Like, like... Yeah, and like I, I the scene where Indy is like being taken over, I think is like actually a pretty good performance, and like I'm like feeling it. And when he's standing there and he's like in the mind control, I like the way he's performing it. But the entire thing is just like really, uh, it's really weak. You know, like it's not going to hold up to much. Um, so I'm going to stop talking about it, or else I'm going to like the movie less. (laughs)
2: <laughs> because and I don't like want to a do chance, that. It's not like there's a chance he's staying that way. Like we all know he's getting out of it. Right. Like, so we don't really go with it that much, but I will say this for the way they do mind control in this movie, at least, at least Shorty's the one that figures out how to do it by just, Oh, I'm going to stick a torch in your stomach and that's going to break you out of it. And that is so much better than just kind of like a general shaking by the shirt collar of wake up Indy. You know, me, you know, me, which is what we see literally every other time that this plot device is used in movies and TV. And I hate it every single time.
0: Yeah. um, You know, one thing too, with this movie, at least from, from my perspective, um, this movie did get uh, $8 million more for its budget. Raiders of the last arc was 20 million. This was 28.1 million. Um, I think they put that to good use. I, I do think there's, you know, um, some definite examples of better budget use uh, in this movie. Now the waterfall scene is not one of them Um, because that looks, that
2: looks terrible. Um, I think they used crayons for that. Did were there, were there crayons there? It kind of looked like crayons. It might've been, it
0: might've been a flip book that they made (laughs) out of crayons that that they filmed. But um, I, I do think for the most part though, there, there's some, again based on what it is i understand but you know rob like you said oh i i don't really remember being there you know like a gaggle of arms or like i mean it looks very real like those things so i i think the the production budget and and the scenery and again it was good in raiders of the lost ark but i, I to me i do see a noticeable difference in this movie for Most of it. I I think this is a a, a very good looking movie. And I think the props that they used are, you know, they look convincing. Uh,
1: That's something that I wrote down over and over again from things like the great matte paintings that they have to the visual effects to like um, special effects and lighting and like even the compositing. Like, you know, when back to the boat thing when they're like sliding down the mountain in the boat and you get some scenes that are clearly stunt doubles from behind and then you get those side angles and they're composited in like for the 80s whenever this was like that's really impressive compositing and I think we owe a lot of what we're used to in visual effects to this maybe I don't think that this was like the first film to do this but I think this was like the first film where those things became something that like a blockbuster filmmaker would use and 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 it's actually really impressive like it for the most part. Minus that one scene, it looks pretty good and is entirely believable in a movie, you know? And 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 it's something like it remind me, I couldn't remember when the first well, I guess the the only scene, when the guy gets his heart ripped out. Um, is there a cut from when the guy, uh Mola, is that his name? Lowers his hand down to his chest? Because my brain thinks there's no cut. Like it feels like there's not. And I don't like if there is, that's a really good one because I'd miss it every time. But but like even that where it's like obviously they're doing something with practical effects here and it look it looks amazing, but like the way that they use those practical effects is really effective. And visually I think this film is a step above significantly than the other, um in, in all the good
2: ways. I think there I think there is a cut there. Um as as I'm trying to remember, it's um I think there is, but you know, even though it's, it's a dated practical effect, it's still effective. Like I still have a reaction to seeing, you know, Kalima and have him like yank the heart out like that. And, um, as, as dated as that effect is, it's still better than what we get today when they just do it with CG. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, there's another movie I think, you know, we'll, we'll talk about obviously in this franchise where, How do you have the budget that you have? And again, it's we've talked about the over reliance on CG compared to getting practical effects and doing those things. But, you know, there's a movie that's coming up that looks worse than something that came out in 1981 and 1980 in 1984. So, you know, again, it's it's always funny to go back to some of these movies and go. Where did this art get lost and like why? I mean, I know why, but it's just it, it's kind of baffling to me sometimes.
1: Yeah, It's going to be interesting when we jump from three to four. It will be fun to talk about.
0: Yes, fun. That is the word. That that Rob is, is it? I, yes, I can <laughs> I can see it I can
2: see it in his brain right now. <laughs> I
1: was like it's going fun. to the definition.
2: Do we think this means the same thing? Yeah. Right. It's fun. You keep saying that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> right. like fun in the sense of like when matt and i watch bad movies and we make fun of them and we have fun with that like with street fighter or like fun like super mario brothers from 1993 where there's absolutely no joy in watching that at all
0: yeah it's i'll tell you these um you know i don't want to get too far off topic but You know, for sure, that'll be something that I am interested in is getting to these next two movies in the franchise, because um, the last crusade is very much the one that I actually remember nothing about. Like, I literally can't tell you anything about that movie except for the box art. That's it. So. You know, maybe once I start watching it, I will have things like kick back up. But I am so blank slate on that movie right now that I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. Um, And, you know, then we have Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and it's just like, okay, um, it's been a very long time. You know, is could this be a Matrix Reloaded or a Watchmen scenario where, boy, you know, I just I needed to grow as a person over time and, 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 and be able to appreciate something. Um, Or maybe it will, you know, Rob, maybe you and I will get to that point where we're like, yeah, you know what? It's it's had time to to blossom, so to speak. And yeah, I'm, I'm not upset anymore about it. Like I can just actually laugh. I don't know that that's going to be the case, but I, I'm again, these two movies, I am looking forward to us going back to them um based on a variety of
2: factors i definitely think that um as weird as this might sound for as often as i make fun of it i am looking forward to watching kingdom of the crystal skull again um for a couple of reasons one i saw it once years ago and it was so bad that i would just and and it's like it's it's entered pop culture as a bad movie like everybody accepts it as a bad movie there's there's a handful of them out there that everybody just knows like this is a bad movie and if you need a list of other movies that pop culture has just accepted as a bad movie just look at a bunch of the stuff matt has made me watch over the last three plus years it's there's a lot of them on this channel that matt has forced me to watch so we've we've covered a lot of those but this is one of those ones that there's almost nobody that defends it and like you just kind of accept that so it's like okay if you actually can do it where you force yourself to, to sit down with something, it's on Disney Plus right now. You don't even have to pay anything extra for it as long as you've got access to Disney Plus. Sit down and try to watch it with a clear mind. And what will be hard is it will have just come off of the original trilogy that is universally fun, that is universally liked, that's, that created this character, this beloved character that um, has stood the test of time and has captivated people. I don't know if that's going to make it better or worse. Uh, it'll be, I'll be curious to see uh, what that does. And then really part of the reason I kind of want to rewatch is just to get ready for the fifth one. Like, is it going to be redeemed? You know, can, can this fifth one sort of redeem the franchise after the fourth? And is there anything from the fourth that will certainly carry into the fifth? I feel like there has to be. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, Harrison, I'll let you piggyback off that stuff, you
0: know, cause the thing is, with with this you know this will be the end of an era and like you know a send-off for this character i cannot imagine any scenario where harrison ford ever plays indiana jones again except in a commercial like if they did something for the super bowl next year
2: Oh yeah. Like um, when they brought Jeff Bridges back to play the big Lebowski and some of those other characters. That, right. For, for right. a Heineken commercial, I think it was. Or yeah. It was Stella. One of them.
0: There, there's no scenario. Like I cannot think of any way that that ever happens, that a movie gets greenlit fast enough. His schedule opens up where they can do that. So, you know, yeah, this, this fifth one, um, is really, you know, hopefully for him, it's something that can send him off on a high note.
1: I I really do hope so. And there's a part of me that's really excited to see the fourth again in like a hope that it's not that bad, you know, that like there's parts of it that are at least somewhat good. Like, like I'm not expecting my opinion to completely change on it, but I'm like, I'm hopeful that it's like, Hey, you know what? Like, it mainly it's that I want it to give me confidence going into number five, that, you know what they can do India good outside of the trilogy. That's what I'm hoping, you know, that there's the, the, the silver lining behind the clouds is what I'm hoping it delivers in, in some regard, because, uh, I, I like, I, I like Indiana Jones and that's why I like this movie. We talked about it extensively in the last room. Like this movie is significantly different if it's not an Indiana Jones movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because it is, it, it, it works the way that it does.
0: Yeah. Uh, Rob, I, if that's all possible, I think we need to pull a resident evil and you need to come over to the studio and we just need to watch kingdom of the crystal skull together, grab a pizza, grab a, grab a 12 pack. Um, and then I'll figure out what I'm drinking. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: yeah. And, and just kind of be like an instant support group for each other. E- um, exa- exactly. And just tell
0: each other how much we hate each other for doing this. But <laughs> I'll, I'll be over
1: here in Utah alone.
0: Right. Exa- right. <laughs> we'll do a wash party with you, Harrison. We'll, you, we can <laughs> be here in for spirit. Station. Right. Exactly. Um, so let's we'll we'll transition back here um to temple of doom i know you guys had some you know a couple of thoughts to to wrap up your your overall opinion on this so uh harrison i'll let you go first um anything that we didn't touch on or anything that you needed to elaborate on a little bit more uh about this movie as we're we're finishing up our thoughts here
1: um yeah i i just wanted to mention that like one of the biggest reasons that I love this movie is um, Short Round. I always have loved him. Mm-hmm. He's always been one of my yeah. favorite characters. And um, it's so good to see him, if that makes sense. Like, like he's just a character that I love, especially after seeing Kihi Kwan win an Oscar for everything cool everyone ever Yeah. And like seeing, you should watch his interview when Harrison Ford uh, came up Did he give him his award? I don't remember, but he was on stage and he talks about like feeling ecstatic to see Harrison Ford again and what that meant to him. Uh, It's just like a heartwarming moment that like knowing that this is him as a child, just like makes this character even more, uh, which is cool. I don't know if you guys know this, how he won the role. He actually didn't audition. His younger brother was auditioning um, and he was just there to like support his brother. And he, Was like in essence directing his younger brother to like get the role while he was there on set or whatever. And Steven Spielberg noticed and liked his personality, and so he had him and Harrison Ford improvise the scene where they're playing cards and he's accusing Indy of cheating. And they liked him so much that they gave him the role over like thousands of other uh, candidates, which I think is sweet, you know, because that chemistry that the two of them have comes off the screen, and I think a big part of that is Harrison Ford's like not not indiana jones harrison's ford's kindness to key like he taught him how to swim when they were at a hotel yeah he just taught this kid hey you know how to swim i'll teach you like like and it makes this relationship just so endearing and like i will take all the things that we've talked about this movie that don't work just to continue watching the relationship between indiana and short round it's one that I, i mean Besides what Rob mentioned at the beginning, you know, the Batman the type vines. Let me take this young child and make them my assistant. Like take that out for a moment. Just like the the chemist the the friendship they have is is endearing.
0: Harrison, I just want to point out you are a sick individual because I guarantee you, Steven Spielberg broke those two brothers apart, and he never talked to him again. So, <laughs> oh, Jay, <he> said, <laughs> Who knows? You got my role. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. um No, I don't know that that happened. I'm kidding. I can um,
1: imagine that though with my brother. Like, <laughs> if he was auditioning for a role and I was just there, and then I got it. Oh, the drama!
2: <laughs> oh, you'd never let him hear the end of it. Oh, never not a chance that's not how brothers work (laughs) hey remember when you
0: just snuck in there and took my job awesome
2: (laughs) (laughs) and now you're famous yeah great right yeah one of the biggest movies of all time Won't even buy me a coke at the soda pop machine for god's sakes (laughs) yeah but short round i mean he i kind of had a similar note i had written down he's just such a great character and And the actor just nails the performance. When you Mm. think about how hard it is to do some of what he's being asked to do in the situations that he's in. um, The other thing that's kind of lost too sometimes is that for kids, it's tough to get stunt doubles for (laughs) for people that little. Um, So like so a lot of times, uh, like diminutive women will double for children. um, But even still, like it's sometimes hard to pull off. So. Like that's, a you know, he's doing a lot of his own action too. And there's, and there's no shortage of action for short round in in this film. He's, I think he's kind of an underrated great adventure character, you know, in, in the pantheon of adventure movies. I, I think, I don't know that we give short round enough credit for being an all time great character. There's kind of two things in this movie that, that we haven't touched on yet that I think are all time iconic moments of this film, of this series, and just of the genre as a whole. And it starts with the minecart. cart. So I'd kind of mentioned that I, I'm not really into sort of the darkness in this middle third. <clears throat> also, while I'm on the subject of things, I'm not into the voodoo doll bit at now just toss that right out. I don't need it. I think it's Agreed. stupid. Get rid of it. Like it's, I'm not even sure that they like jacked that from the right mythology or religion. I, I'm pretty sure I, I'm not an expert, but I don't think that exists in that part of the world. Maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, I apologize, but I don't think it is anyways. So, you kind of toss that out. And from the moment that Indy kind of wakes up from the mind control, that's when I start to get really engaged in this movie again. And that's when we get into the minecart scene, which is a totally iconic. Part of this film. And this scene just kicks ass. It's ridiculous. It makes no sense at all in terms of actual physics, but who cares? It's Indiana Jones doing Indiana Jones things. This is what we want from this film. This is what we want from this series. And it's so fun. And again, it is absolutely iconic. Just, And it's a classic Steven Spielberg big action set piece at its finest. Like what more do you really want from a Spielberg movie than the minecart scene? Shortly after that, we get to the bridge scene and another Mm -hmm. all time classic iconic scene. And, and you may think that you're cool. You may think that you might actually even be cool, but you'll never be Indiana Jones with half his shirt ripped to shreds, holding a scimitar over his head while telling a villain, he's going to meet his personal deity in hell on a rope bridge over a river of crocodiles. Cool. You'll never be that cool in your life. I don't care what you do. You will never obtain that. Yeah, true. no,
0: I, I think that's one of the reasons why I like this movie so much is there's, I, again, I, I consider it the second half. There's just so much that happens in the second half that just keeps me on the screen. Um, I, I think those are all really good points. I, I think those things are, you know very I, I, iconic i think you know if you look back and you think about this movie those things are things that people talk about
1: yeah one one other thing that i just want to add is that as dark as this film is um this film has some great humor at times like the scene where indy is fighting with a hammer and then the guy takes it and like chucks it and lands on somebody's head or like <laughs> when he is like chasing the guards and he like runs towards the camera and then turns around and one's ray and all the guards chase him or others. Like, like it's just funny to me. Like, like I think Steven Spielberg and he talks about this in interviews, did a good job at finding small ways to lighten up the darkness of it, if you will. And I actually think the humor works good. Like there's not ever a moment where I think like, Oh, this was intended to be funny and it didn't land. Like each, each moment that's like, even if it's not like a whole belly chuckle, it's just like a little, <laughs> that was funny. Like it, it works every time and it, it makes the journey that much more enjoyable. And while I do agree with, with Rod or Rod, Rob, the mind car to the end of the film is like some of the most iconic Indiana Jones ever. And uh, it, as it should be, it's, it's really, it's so over the top in all the good ways.
0: Hmm. All right. Um, you know, wh- one last thought and, you know, this can be, a a topic for another time as well i it is kind of funny how we talked about harrison ford having these two you know iconic roles relatively close to each other um with very similar paths, so to speak for the character you know starting off very early having a trilogy going years with nothing being done with that character in terms of a a live action movie and then coming back. um, I've always found it interesting how much he almost in a way, like resents Han Solo um, compared to how he talks about Indiana Jones. I've always found that interesting. That's
1: something that I've also wondered about. Like why, what is it about the character of Harrison Ford that irritates him? as opposed to Indiana, like the two feel so indistinguishable to between like, like they're one and the same almost, but it's apparently for him. They're, they're very, very different. I wonder how much of that is like there. Harrison Ford is, is pretty, um, he doesn't, he doesn't reveal a lot about himself, I should say. And so it's hard to know, but I'm going to assume that I think he had more fun being Indiana Jones than he did as Harrison Ford. I don't know why, uh, maybe it's just because that's also, we share the same first name, so there's an intuition going on, but that's my assumption <laughs> off of no like evidence is purely an assumption.
0: I- I'll tell you what, if there was a fan theory out there, and maybe there is, or somebody told me that Indiana Jones ended up being picked up and put into the Star Wars universe and changed his, like, I'd be convinced that it was the same person that was just abducted oh, yeah, by, an it totally alien, works. Like, by an alien race and then turned into a smuggler to survive
1: <laughs> in reality. But- <laughs> The, the true ending of kingdom of the crystal Girl, he got on the ufo and they took
2: right him. <laughs> he went to a galaxy far far away like. so there's um there is a fan theory that the indiana jones trilogy is what happens in his like fever dream while han solo is uh, frozen in carbonite. In carbonite oh my god yeah. <laughs> that's funny people have that as a theory that this is what plays out in his mind because you know the characters are not dissimilar in a, in a lot of ways oh yeah, yeah.
0: Rob, have you ever heard anything about, you know, it, it, like anything specific about why he tends to talk maybe about Indiana Jones a little bit? I, I feel like he does in the interviews that I've seen. He's he's much more jovial to talk about Indiana Jones and Han Solo. Like there's times when he's like, you know, they ask him about a force ghost. And he's like, who gives a shit? What's that?
2: Like, yeah, there's the, there's kind of the famous uh, interview on one of the late night shows. They all kind of blend together um, where, you know, somebody asked him, did you get nostalgic going back to when he appeared on uh, The Force Awakens? You know, when you put the, the costume on and he said, you know what I got? I got paid. And it it just is. It does seem like he holds a, a, a bit of, I don't want to say contempt, maybe resentment somewhere. Yeah. Can, can resentment, if I'm going to combine two words <laughs> together, um, for Star Wars. And and maybe it's just because Star Wars has become this thing that's just so much bigger than what anybody can even fully understand. And and the way that Star Wars fans kind of just like attack things or... um obsess over details and things like that and just become this massive, massive thing where indie is this massive property, but it's, it's, it's this the smaller thing. That's really just him. You know, Star right. Wars is more of an ensemble. Indy is him. And, and, and look, he's certainly within his right to decide that he's yeah. more in love with that particular piece of his resume than others.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's always been an interesting thing to me, but um, you know, on that note, Uh, We will we'll wrap up the portion of Temple of of Doom, but we're going to get to the rummage for the rotten segment based on our popcorn time review here at Matt Goes to the Movie and how many buckets out of five we would give this movie. So um, once again, since I was thought of as being the rotten, um, I'm going to go last so we can see if I'm right Harrison, I know you're still trying to gather thoughts um, as we are talking, so I'll let you go second just in case you're still putting anything together. Rob, where do you rate this movie? Did it did it lower from what you thought you were going to give it after your rewatch? And then what did you give it?
2: I wasn't really sure quite where I thought I was going to put it. I knew that I needed to give it its, its full watch, but I knew that I wasn't fully going to be able to be objective with it, just like I couldn't be objective with Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's just not a way to do it. And that's okay, because I think with rating systems, you can rate it however the hell you want for whatever reason you want. If you just really love the main character, you can rate it however you want based on that. If there's something about just a, a, a tiny piece of a subplot that makes you completely dislike somebody, you can rate it whatever you want based on that. So for me... Uh, there are problems with this movie. I don't love the darkness in the middle. I know you guys do. I think that's maybe the weakest part of this, this trilogy to me is kind of the middle of this movie. It's four and a half. I don't care. It's, it's Indiana Jones. I love the character as much as this doesn't hold up to me as well as, as Raiders or, or last crusade. um, It's still great indie fun. It's still the stuff we love um, doing some of the most fun parts uh, in this film. So, uh four and a half buckets out of five for me.
0: All right. Harrison, where do you land? And, you know, same opening question. You know, did you have an idea in mind where it was gonna land? And then, you know, did our conversation actually change where you thought you might be?
1: Tough question to answer, but I will say that I think there were parts of me that like I didn't know where it was going to land, but I had an idea that I was either going to end up in the camp. That's like, there's parts of this that are good, but for the majority, it's not good. Or I was going to end up in the camp. This is actually a really great Indiana Jones film. And any ideas that it's not is like totally invalid, which <laughs> I, that's not true, but like, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like that I've kind of figured myself in and I think that strangely, I'm like just in the middle between the two. Uh, slightly to more. This is just a good Indiana Jones film, um, as it is. So, still not totally confident about this, but just, I'm going to see where things go. Um, Just like, trying to go for like, the gut reaction here before I say my final rating. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that I'm going to go with a solid three and a half buckets. I gave Raiders of the Lost Ark four this isn't as good as this, but like it's Indiana Jones and it's a good time. And I and I love Indiana Jones, I love the character, and there's a lot of this film that is really fun as we just talked about throughout the episode. So, three and a half.
0: All right. Well, um, that would actually switch. Um, you and I are now tied one apiece for The Rotten because I actually give this a four. Uh, this keeps my interest more than Raiders of the Lost Ark. I like this more. Than Raiders of the Lost Ark. And yeah, um I, I got done with this and I was again, I don't hate Raiders of the Lost Ark, but yeah, this this was able to keep my attention uh much more. Uh I also give it a lot of props for capturing my attention, considering, you know, again, that opening for me, I was just like, Yeah, I'm just gonna start doing some other things while this is on, and I'm not really gonna pay attention. Yeah um but it it managed to get me back into the mix had me sit down and and actually you know full fledged give my attention to this so we'll be tied at one apiece for the rotten um i don't think with the last crusade rob will even up the score (laughs) uh we'll have to to wait for
1: kingdom of the crystal skull for that
0: right exactly so yeah no um all right so and rob you rated raiders a Oh, did you rate Raiders of Five? What what was yeah, your rating for that again? It was four and three quarters. Yes, four and three quarters. So okay, all right. Um. So yeah, interesting. Uh, Harrison, was that you know you, you were thinking you knew where you were going to land? Did you take anything off based on our conversation, or did you think that's where you were going to land? I
1: I thought that I was either going to be just tied with Raiders of the Lost Ark four or at like a two and a half. Um. And oh, so-, so you
0: landed in the middle.
1: Yeah, so it really was in the middle that there were parts of it that I took off, and I was like, okay, yeah, that, that's right. Like, I, th- like this isn't a strong four. And then there were parts I was like, oh, this is actually like better than the negative than the pessimist in me. And so I added a few. So it, you know, it was give and take in, in different areas, which is really interesting. Uh, yeah. Not what I expected to happen, but I will say I'm I am so excited. Like. I, since we started watching this, I have been anticipating The Last Crusade. Like, I almost asked if we could start with that because I love (laughs) The Last Crusade so much. I'm so excited for Sean Connery. Like, the amount of times my brother and I attempt, we never get even close. To talk like Sean Connery as Professor Henry Jones, uh, this movie is... I'm excited.
0: Harrison was like, bring dessert before dinner! Like, (laughs) right?
1: (laughs) That's what I was thinking.
0: So... Yeah, no, I'm, again, I'm Really looking forward to this one because, again, I, right now I am just a a total blank slate on this movie, remembering next to nothing about it. Um, so really interested to to jump into The Last Crusade, see where that goes and then get into, you know, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and then, you know, talk about, OK, does does this character get a good, you know, a proper send off because it would be overall. I, it, it would be a shame. It, it would be sad to feel like the last thing that people remember would be a bad movie for this kind of character. And I'm sure it doesn't matter to him. Maybe, maybe it does. I don't know, but it just, you know, doesn't feel great. So.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I didn't find myself excited for the dial of destiny which is weird to say out loud, but as we're watching these movies, I'm like, yeah, I love Indiana Jones. Let's go see an Indiana Jones movie. I'm, this is, this is a good way to prepare. So thank you again, Matt, for making me watch these.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, Harrison, take, uh, take a second here as we're closing out. Um, Let our listeners know if this is the first episode that they've joined us for. Um, where they can find the Basement Binge, it will be in the show notes, um, and we'll we'll go from there. And then Rob, yeah. we'll, we'll, you'll close us off with how people can get a hold of us.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, Matt. Um, the Basement Binge is a podcast that you can find wherever you are currently listening to. Matt goes to the movies. Is in all the places that podcasts enter your eardrums. Uh, it is a movie review podcast, very similar to this. I take your favorite series or franchises and binge them, and we talk about them. Matt and Rob have joined me on many episodes. Um, potentially joining me again as we plan to review uh, Rise of the Beast, the new Transformers movie. So, uh, great series happening over there. As Rob hinted at last, or or joked about last episode, Animation Hall of Fame is where I talk about my favorite animated movies that is supposed to be a two-month-long celebration of animation and is turning into a year-long celebration. But that's right, because I just reviewed Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I will say... Uh, That is the most unique episode I've ever recorded in that it's unlike all the others. It it was really emotional and difficult to record because of the emotions, but it's there. And I'm, you know, I'm like apprehensive to see what happens. So, you know, maybe I've got you intrigued for that. But other than that, I just like talking about movies. So the base and binge wherever you get podcasts.
0: Yeah, at animation Hall of Fame coming soon in 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 twenty twenty five. It starts
2: off as two months and now it's two quarters.
0: <laughs> so uh, certainly we certainly we all you know we know r- r- delays and everything that had happened. So I'm I'm kidding, but uh, I'll be interested to listen to that Spider Verse episode because one of my my favorite episodes you've ever done was Wreck-It Ralph, and it was because of the emotion and the. Not that your other your reviews aren't real, uh, obviously, but I, I think you know what I mean by yeah. using that phrase. But the the realness and like the rawness of the emotion that came with that review. So um, I'll be looking forward to to listening to the Spider Verse one.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that as a as a little spoiler. I I forced myself. I didn't cut. The only thing that I cut was a break that was like five minutes and obviously i wasn't gonna leave that in there but that that was the only cut everything else is just purely as it was recorded which was weird but it felt like the right way to do it so we'll see maybe everyone's gonna hate it i don't know (laughs)
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that movie and then uh, definitely checking out the review for it. Um, yeah, listeners, definitely uh, Harrison goes and watches everything that comes out. And then he puts out like many, uh, mini reviews to let you know, should you see this in theaters? Totally spoiler free or not. Um, so, yeah, definitely check out The Basement Binge wherever you get your favorite podcasts like Matt Goes to the Movies. And if you want to send us an email, you should do that. You, the listener listening to this right now. We would love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on Indiana Jones? Do you hate the fourth one? Is it an affront before God the way that I remember it being? Or do you actually like the fourth <laughs> one? Do you like the second one? Which one? Go ahead and give us your power rankings. Give us any of your thoughts on any episodes you've heard recently. You can email the show podcast at gmail.com. Just the initials for Matt Goes to the Movies. Uh, podcast at gmail.com while you're on the interwebs make sure you follow the show on all of your favorite social media platforms facebook the facebook official official group do not go to any of the unofficial matt goes to the movies facebook groups only look for the official one Uh, you can also find the show on tiktok youtube instagram uh twitch reddit all the all the good places uh all the places you want to be on the internet you can find matt goes to the movies, so make sure you check us out there leave your thoughts leave your comments leave your reviews all the places yeah so listeners thank you so much for joining us for this episode
0: look forward to bringing you the rest of the indiana jones series as we're wrapping things up but we will see you very soon at matt goes to the movies